Welcome. Welcome to Quarantine with Styles, aka Driving with Styles. I hope everybody's having a great Friday. I know I am, as always. It's always a blessing to be able to talk to y'all, to speak to y'all, to give y'all, I guess some people say, a, a break from, from the norm. So, we are going to get into some stuff today. I got a lot on my mind. A lot of stuff that has happened, which is, like I said, on Wednesday. It's very interesting since we really don't have any sports going on. But nonetheless, there's always something to talk about. So, you can always, as always, you can, you can reach me if you want to join the show live which you will be pictured right next to me. I don't know if it's on this side. I can't remember how I got it set up, but it's on one of these sides. You will come on live and we can have a discussion or you can tweet me at, at vstyle17. If you're watching, that means you're a follower, so I shouldn't have to say that twice. Or you can email me at drivingwithstyles at gmail.com. I've got that up too. So. Those are the ways that you can get in contact with me. Those are the ways that you can watch, follow, etc. Just remember, if you click on that Zoom meeting, you are coming on this show live. We've had that. <laughs> if you watch The Locker with myself and Anthony White, you, you would know what I'm talking about. We've had a couple of instances where people have jumped on, didn't realize that they were on the show live. So. So we're going to get into this. The first thing I want to say is, you know, I'm a UK guy. I always wear my UK stuff. Is there was a player today that tweeted out something that made me do that. And I'm going to show it to you right now. So my man Billy McCall said, y'all wanna want us to play, pay us. I'm going to read that again for the people who are going to hear the podcast and not follow me. There's a tweet on here from 914 today, this morning. Bully McCall said, y'all want us to play, question mark, pay us. And I think that's six exclamation points. Six. <laughs> Which, to me, makes sense. A little bit. Now, I've always said that when I played, the money in football was was not what it is today. So I felt like my scholarship was equivalent to me playing, so to speak, because coaches were not making the kind of money that they're making now. Universities are not making the kind of money they're making now, which is obvious now with they want to, the need to play football this fall. If you haven't been watching the news, it is obvious that football runs a lot of institutions and not run them just financially. The financial impact of not having football is felt throughout the institution. So with that said, players now understand their their power, their voice, etc. And they are looking at, man, 
we are generating this kind of revenue, we should get a little piece of that pie. Because I'm going to tell you something. I'm sick and tired of people comparing athletes to students. They are not just an average student. They're just not. It's a totally different. And I can speak on this because I had to come back to school to complete my degree in 2000. And I actually worked at the GE Appliance Park, which I don't know if it's still in. It's probably still there. There was a GE Appliance Park in Louisville. I lived in Louisville and I drove down to Lexington. Took, I only had, I think, three classes. I, I went to class and drove back, and I was on the third shift of the, uh, they had a dishwashing unit, and I was one of the lead guys for the dishwashing unit. Trust me, even with that, it was it's totally different than being an athlete. People don't understand, unless you have been an athlete, and I know you can be a trainer, you can be an equipment manager, etc. I'm telling you, there's a lot of things that go into athletics that are that, are un, that don't go, that are unnoticed. The time, the extra time. The time that you have to do stuff that sometimes that are, especially now, there's a lot of more community outreach that guys are doing. There's a lot involved with being a representative of the institution. Because when something happens to, if we do something wrong, not only do we hurt the name on our back, not only are our pictures on whatever, pictures on the news, etc. You're also hurting the brand of the institution. If a student gets in trouble, DUI, whatever other instances that can happen on campus, which a lot of stuff happens, you don't ever hear about it. And I'm sick of people saying, well, your scholarship is worth your scholarship is not worth the amount of funds that you bring into the university. And the other thing I talk about this is, well, how do we compensate everybody equally? Why now all of a sudden football is one that has to be compensated equally? I don't, I don't know if I got into this with the Florida coaches. I think I was talking about Florida coaches. And it's kind of if you're the starter on a team. You are bringing in a little bit more to you to the program, to the university, etc., than the third stringer. I'm just sorry, that's just the truth. We want to talk about reality for everything except football and basketball. It's it's interesting, and the players know. The players know who is more important, or who is the who has a bigger impact on the program. Now, of course, you're going to have some players that are going to be a little upset because maybe they think they're better than the guy in front of them. So be it. That's the same thing happens in the real world, right? Your manager, you know, I know more than him. If, if without me, he wouldn't be a good manager, etc. It happens. But why can't we treat college athletics? Like once they leave football or basketball or whatever, they are going to be impacted with that viewpoint anyway. I have been a proponent for a long time of for athletes. 
you're coming to college to be a quote-unquote student athlete and let me put the air quotes quote-unquote student athlete I call you athlete student I said that all the time even when I was playing so the goal is to get your degree right so why don't well why don't that seems kind of harsh for me my idea would be to create an annuity plan I don't know the finances I don't know the figures but whatever the plan is X amount of dollars and since everybody wants to be created equal everybody gets the same portion of the pie so whenever you graduate which is the goal right you graduate you gain you gain access to that annuity plan and you have the option to cash out or to leave it in and for it to, to potentially generate more funds with the interest rate that to me seems like something that's fair <coughs> excuse me something that I think is doable I don't know if it's 50,000 I don't know if it's 30,000 I don't know if it's 100,000 I don't know I have to dig into it I'm I don't think I have the time to really or the interest to really do it but you're telling me you can't give fifty thousand dollars to every kid who's on scholarship that graduates in football now obviously that's not gonna be the same for other sports but for football and basketball the two biggest generating programs in the institution they should get the lion's share of those funds. So if you're on scholarship on basketball, you're on scholarship on football, I don't know how you do it. You divvy up the TV money, they get 10%, whatever it is. And not all football players graduate anyway. So you hold that money over, and that is a little extra put in the pot that can help you for future generations or future classes, etc. Just imagine basketball, some of these institutions, some of these guys don't even graduate at all. That will help with other programs with building up their, their stock for guys who's graduating. That would be my idea. But like I said, I've said this for the last week or two weeks or so. These guys are realizing their voice. And it's, it's, it's excuse me, it's impressive to see them voice it and voice it loud. It's impressive. Like I said, when I played, the money isn't like what it is now. You got guys, coaches making five, six million dollars a year. A year. And you telling me that you can't compensate? I'm telling you, when I was in college, and people snicker and laugh about it, there are times when, when I first got there, we had a dedicated mill hall. And what if you didn't get to the mill hall in time? That would be nice where you didn't eat or you had to pay for your own meal. Some guys don't have the funds to pay for their own meal. It's, now it might be a little easier. You got Cash App, you got all this, all this new age stuff that you can get to cash more readily than it was in the 90s like me. But there's some times where if you didn't have money, you didn't have money. And my parents, I had a two-parent household, made a little bit too much money to get a Pell Grant. So there are some people, if let's just say the, the, the Pell Grant dividend, the, the, the max is 
ten dollars, and your parents made eleven. <laughs> so you tell me that one extra dollar is gonna help that kid not be able to get, be able to just do the the, ne the necessities on campus. You would be interested to know that it it is some stuff that goes on that that you wouldn't think did. I remember when we got meal cards, players had to, <laughs> some players ate more than others. Some players had to, hey man, can I use, can I borrow your meal card? I'll pay you back when we get our, our meal money. It happens. There's a lot of stuff that happens, at least I can say in the 90s, that people really don't have any idea. Any idea at all. Now, like I said, I don't think that should be, you should be getting a check, a W-2, blah, blah, blah. But I think there needs to be something set up for these guys beyond just the free education. Trust me, I was a student. And the time that I put in as an athlete is beyond going to class and working a job. Trust me. I did it. So that, I, I hear you, but Bully, I, I hear you, McCall. I hear you. More power to you. Keep pressing. Something's got to happen. Let's keep keeping the athletics because, like I've said, and I'm going to say it until people get tired of me saying it. This year was, is potentially, <laughs> will be a great year. That's how I see it. I don't know. I want to. We have a chance, a legitimate chance. Not like all oh, well teams. No, we have a legitimate chance to win the East this year. Period. And to win the East, we have to play football. We gotta get game going in the fall. And I've said it, and I'm gonna keep saying it. I haven't succumbed to the fact that I'm just a. It's just a sports guy. This is my Twitter page. You're watching me. This is what I do all day. I this is just I appreciate you guys joining me. Basically, talk to myself because this is what I. That's how I started. I just want for the people who just tuned in. I got started because I had a. Hold on, I gotta stop my timer. My grill timer. My temperature thing went off, and I forgot to turn it off, and it's beeping. So I got started with this because. I travel. I travel every week. And when I was traveling, I'm in the car for 40 minutes a day, pretty much 30 to 40 minutes a day. And I'm just talking. Why not broadcast something? That's how I started. So I, this is just me talking to myself. <laughs> Basically. So get back. Like I said, UK will have, I have UK having a great year. So, but we have to do certain things as citizens. To make this year possible. And lo and behold, I read this thing. Alabama students throwing COVID parties to see who gets infected. <laughs> I'm gonna read that again. This is real. Alabama students throwing COVID parties to see who gets infected. Are you serious? Are you serious? And now you want these athletes, as McCall said, to put themselves 
in harm's way because once these students get on campus, <laughs> everything goes out the door. Everything. Anything can happen. You don't know what these kids, these 18 to 23, 24-year-old kids are going to do. Because it takes about, now it's like five years to finish. So 23, 18 to 23, some guys might take 24. You have no idea. Now the football players, the athletes, not just football players, the athletes have to be on the same campus as some student who just don't care. Just don't care. Now they believe because what some of the stuff out there, or you don't have to wear a mask, or they just want to be that smart ass kid. And now you have a party. These kids were inviting kids to the party who they know is infected just to see if anybody else would get infected. You can tell the players to be in a bubble. You can tell the players to not do this, to not do that. Unless you keep them all out of the classrooms, they can, they can do everything possible to make this season happen. But if everybody around them don't do everything possible, it can get ugly. What if your Trevor Lawrence is in Econ 2.0 whatever, and there's some boys or some girls next to him, and they just had a party, and they're talking and cough on whatever. Now your star player is out for at least two weeks. Not because of something he did, but, but because of the cavalier attitude of the students around him. That's a tough ask. I don't care what you say. You can say all the stuff of the, you know, this age group that they, it doesn't bother them. You don't know the long-term ramification of this anyway, but let's just say it doesn't bother them. But you gotta lose them for two weeks. You're going to lose them for two weeks. I don't care if it's asymptomatic or whatever. You got to quarantine them. So you're going to lose potentially a chance to win a national championship because you lose your top running back and then your top receiver or whatever. How are we going to get this done? Then I hear people say, well, it's only 2% of the... It doesn't... It can spread, though. I went from, I put out a tweet months ago about if my son was in football, what I, I said, originally I said no. Then it, it kind of like, okay, they're testing, but okay, possibly I can see it. Now I'm back to no. After reading this thing, my kids, your life is, you have a lot, many more years to live just in this one. Like I said, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. But I'm not sure you want to put your life in harm's way potentially. Because some of these students just don't care. And if you think that's just a one-off incident, you'll be lying to yourself. That's just that age group. We, we were all once there. You, you think you're invincible. You think you can do anything. And some people are just smart asses, and they're just gonna try some just to try it. 
But that's very interesting that <laughs> those students are putting themselves in harm's way intentionally. It's kind of crazy, man. Kind of crazy. And it, it, to me, it, it goes right back to McCall. It's like, you're asking us to put ourselves in harm's way. We potentially have a chance to go to the NFL. If one of us gets sick, sick to the to the point that we can't play anymore, it compromises our health in the future. What do we get out of it? What are what are we gonna get from this? Just an education when we can be when our life style is changed for the rest of our life potentially? We don't know. We don't know. No one knows. I mean, we had those those kids who was getting whatever the the byproduct of of getting COVID. We don't know what's going to happen to 20, 18 to twenty five year olds. We just don't know. It could be fine, but it could not. Are you willing to risk it just for that? I'm not sure. I just say this. <laughs> it's very simple, and and. You can say the experts have been wrong. Man, you, they had no idea what this was. But let's just say you say they're wrong. One thing we do know, if you wear a mask, it's been proven by other countries. You wear a mask, it limits the spread. Simple as that. Simple as that. Now, this whole deal, and like I said, this, these kids getting on campus, I don't, it's going to be tough to do the bubble in football, but you can do the bubble in basketball. You only have 15 players, less amount of coaches, a tremendous amount less of the peripheral people who deal with the sport. And I saw this earlier today, JJ Reddick, I'm, I'm sure he was in the bubble and he made these comments. It's, it's a little long. It's about, I think, two minutes. People that you know, it seemed like, especially those first couple months, there were really good days of of hope and optimism, not just in regards to having a season, but in regards to to COVID. Um, then there were days where you just felt, you know, down and you felt that sort of feeling of despair. Um, we started seeing that momentum that we were going to maybe play, you know, it seemed like we had, had bent the curve a little bit. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, George Floyd gets murdered. Uh, Rihanna Taylor's murdered. Um, the tape of Ahmaud Arbery comes out. So now we're dealing with this and we're still trying to figure out the logistics of playing. And then this second wave has hit for COVID. So to say that we have like any sort of comfort level would be a lie. There is no comfort level. Right. Um, we're, we're not with our families. We're not at our homes. We're isolated in a bubble in the middle of a hot spot in the middle of Florida while there's social unrest going on in the country. And we're three months away from potentially the most important election in our lifetime. So there's all of that going on. Now we have to figure out a way to perform and play basketball and all that, because I do believe 
it is the right thing to go and play. But there is absolutely no comfort. No. And I know the league and I know the union has tried to, to create this environment. And and I I get it. But there's so much else going on right now. We're, we're just we're going to go play and we're going to do our best. But we realize there's so much so many more important things. Be honest, there are way more important things. I, it's amazing to me, and I, I never really knew how much sports were for some people. I guess because you're in the midst of it, you don't think about it. But man, there are more important things than sports. I'm just telling you. If you, to me, sports doesn't heal. It doesn't, to me, really make things better. It just puts a pause on it. Whatever, whatever's ailing, I guess right now in the country, all it's doing is putting a pause on it, just for a second. Then you got to go right back into it. I love sports. I it, sports have given me everything. Without sports, I wouldn't be where I am today for a lot of things. Teach it taught me a lot of things that the average person doesn't understand. Besides just the free education and all the things I've just the characteristics that it builds within. But I'm gonna tell you, you have kids, you have a wife, you have parents. If you're lucky enough to have your grandparents around, you don't want to potentially expose yourself to something that can potentially bring back and harm your loved ones. You couldn't live with yourself if you did that. I'm just saying. It's he just he said it well. This is an ebb and flow deal. These guys are concerned. These guys are concerned beyond just entertaining the rest of the country. They have families just like we do. Same thing like I hear people, well, people have got to go to work. Well, you don't if you, a lot of y'all have to go to work. A lot of people are going to work because they have to, me included. Luckily, I'm able to work from home. But a lot of you are going because you have to. If you didn't have to, you wouldn't go because you know the danger that it presents. These guys don't have to. Some of them. Yeah, you'll be amazed the amount of athletes who, who live check to check. You will be amazed. It's it's. It's interesting the amount of guys who live check to check. It will blow your mind. So I think, I don't think that's, JJ Reddick said it perfectly. There's a lot of stuff going on in these guys' head. They, a lot of them are focused, it's, but it's hard to stay focused because if you're not at home, you can't touch your loved ones. You don't know what's going on. Your kids have an issue. You don't know what's going on. It's totally different to go on a road trip for a week, then come back home for a day or two, then go on for another couple of days. That's totally different than to be in a bubble for two to three months because I honestly don't see, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I wouldn't do it. I don't see these players bringing their, their loved ones into the bubble. I just don't. If they're safe at home. I'm not sure I'm willing to bring them into the bubble and possibly have them get infected on the way there. 
or when they it's just too much man just too much well like i said and we had eight o'clock i gotta hit my my button we are going to for my podcast that's my over overtime sound i got a few more things that i gotta get off my chest today one thing is this cam newton deal i am sick and tired of pundits talking about this is not the cam from 2004 2015 etc i'm like do y'all do y'all forget in 2018 how he started off that season as the first year on the north tournament huh the guy just showed a year ago i guess two years ago year and a half ago he got christian mccaffrey he got a uh offensive coordinator that wanted to get the ball out of his hands and he was putting up numbers that was better than his mvp less interceptions about the same amount of touchdowns less hits on his body the same thing that he's going to get in new england because he's going to go to another coordinator who knows who is very good at calling plays on Sunday. Period. I don't like I don't like McDaniel as a head coach, but as an offensive coordinator, he is one of the best. And I'm telling you, Cal made over 120 million dollars in his first nine years in the league. Yes, he can take a one year discount. 120 plus million. Now he does have seven kids. But he still make 120 120 plus million dollars. He can take a one year discount, make he's gonna make that eight million, that seven point whatever, but then he's gonna get a chance to cash in again. Or going to the Patriots. Because I'm telling you, this is the this is one of the better opportunities. I, I like I said last week or Wednesday, whenever I said it, San Diego was the place for him, but San Diego messed up. Not San Diego. LA Chargers. I'm still going to call them San Diego. The Chargers messed up. That was the best spot for him. Now, he's got a chance to prove himself and have a chance to go to any two or three places that's going to be open for for business to land another quarterback. A 32-year-old young who two years, he's, well, a year and a half, he's been sidelined with injuries, so that means he's got less, less pounders on that body. Use them properly like North Turner was beginning to do. You have something special. This guy has played really good football beyond 2014, 2015. 2018, he was showing how he can adjust to a new offensive coordinator, which he's going to do again. I'm telling you, he is going to do great things in New England because I'm telling you, they have just as much talent as the Panthers did. They might not have Christian McCaffrey, but they have some really good. That running back room is really good, especially for the game that McDaniels wants to, the scheme that McDaniels wants to run. I promise you on that. Trust me. Next thing I want to get into is my boy. Come at me on 40, Mike Gundy. This institution did a investigation and came up with, okay, he doesn't, he's not a racist, quote unquote, all that stuff. Okay. But the most damaging thing about this is they say, 
He needs to build a stronger relationship with the student athletes. And on top of that, he's going to take a $1 million cut. Pay reduction. But so think about it. He's going to take a $1 million, $1 million pay cut and not even fill it. But coach has to build strong relationships with his student athletes. Isn't that the requirement for a coach anyway? Isn't that weird? He's the guy who's coming to many living rooms, many family rooms, many uh, dining rooms, etc. Selling his, selling his program and what he can bring to your son's life. And when your son gets on campus, he has no relationship with them. Wow. He needs to build stronger bonds. Wow. Are you serious? That's part of his job. To care for those athletes. Beyond just football. Beyond football. We talked about this like yesterday on the locker. Want to follow us at the locker? The uh, Twitter account is at the locker 411. It's myself and at a dot white a dot white and we talked about this yesterday about um, how I, well, yesterday or the one before how impactful coach curry was on our life now i know we talked about this and i might get it i might veer off right now that 95 season when we was four and seven three and five in conference and we should have won seven to eight games that year it still bothers me a lot. I can't remember. It's just stuff that you, it was our throwback Thursday yesterday, and man, we talked about that for a while. It hurts my feelings. Because honestly, that was the best team that I, on paper, that was the best team we had in my four years. Unfortunately, we just couldn't get it done offensively. We, we got it done a couple times, and and what brought it up was the was the Mo Williams game where he had 299 yards rushing and I think another hundred and something catching. He had 400 plus yards, all-purpose yards, and that was a game where the offense saved us. But there's a lot of games that year. Louisville game I think was 10-13. Don't ask me how I know this. Don't ask me. We lost that Tennessee game, which I didn't play because I was hurt. 35-31, I think. We lost a Mississippi State game we should have won. We lost a Vandy game, which I can't believe we lost. That, so we were four and seven. I'm telling you four games right there that we should have won. Let's say say we went three out of four. We, we went seven games, we end a bowl game. It's all right. Getting back to this Mike Gundy thing. Again, <laughs> we had Coach Curry on the locker with us. And if you watch that show, if you get a chance, you can go back and watch that show. It's on YouTube channel or it's on podcast. It's on all major podcast platforms. You will, I would say go watch the YouTube one if you have the chance. We have a YouTube channel. The Locker. Put the Locker in quotations. You will see the admiration that his former players had for him. I'm telling you, the ones that got me were the players who were still there after Coach Curry left and he went on to and they and they played for Coach Mummy and had more success. Check check out the things that uh, Craig Yeast, Coach Yeast said, and check out the things that 
Lee Wesley said, two guys who played for Corey and then had to play for Mike. You will get an idea of the points of a head coach for Mike Gundy to be reprimanded a little bit. To say to this man who is a head coach who has played college football on a high level that he needs to build a relationship with the players that he brought into the institution. He, he's been there for, what, 15 years. These are not somebody else's players. These are his players that he went into the living room, family room, dining room, etc., and told those players' parents that he's going to take care of them. Ah, man, I that's tough for me to hear. For a guy who has had some issues with the institution for a while, That's sad, man. I I can't I can't God, that's that bothers me so much. Now we're gonna get into I'm gonna talk about this McCure Maker going to Howard University. Now I honestly don't think he's gonna ever play there. I really don't. But just the pub that he's giving them is huge. Just the pub that he's giving them me at conference. Now, I'm a big HBCU guy. My dad went to Southern. I, I, I went, we went to every Southern game when I was a kid, home in a way. And, and the SWAC is what is the conference that Southern played in, has just, I don't know if you say taken, but two of the MEAC, which is the conference that Howard plays in, has migrated to the SWAC. So that conference took a hit. For them to get this news here is huge for them. It's huge for the conference. It's huge for athletes saying, okay, let me look at it just as a possibility. I can see definitely more basketball players going than football players. I can definitely see that. I can definitely see that. And uh, they, the MEAC just had North Carolina A&T, which is the baddest football team in all historically black colleges. Has an awesome track team, one of the best in the country. And for the MEAC to lose them too, because they are going to the Big South after Hampton went there, I think a couple years ago. So they're going to a, a bigger D1 conference, leaving the MEAC. If Maker plays there, you, the funds that are going to be generated is going to be huge. And with this name, image, and likeness coming up, he has a chance to make a ton of money at Howard. Potentially. Not the much that he can make in the G League or whatever they call that extra league, G League or, or the NBA. But it's a nice little extra pocket change for him if he goes to Howard and plays. Howard is one of the most prestigious, I'd say most prestigious historically black colleges in the country. He's going to one of them. And it's a lot of you look at look at do some research on the amount of people who graduated from, from Howard. It's pretty impressive. But that is big, man. Even if he doesn't play. If he plays, it's gonna be huge. They're gonna be on TV a lot. And with TV exposure comes TV money. Which is gonna be divided up within that conference. 
And at that conference, like I say, taking a hit from probably one of the better APC programs, athletic programs in North Carolina A&T leaving, and then losing at Bethune-Cookman and Florida A&M, it will make up for a little bit of that loss. I say big up to the maker for, for even considering it and even signing. That alone is a big impact. And I I spoke today on Twitter about the difference between, or uh, not the difference, but intent versus impact. That's an impact move. I got two more things. <laughs> it's so interesting about this Redskins deal. We have been talking about Redskins for decades. And now there's a possibility of changing their name now because of the, I call the imperfect storm. Because it's not a perfect storm because of the things that lead up to it. Someone's death, a lot of people's death. Creating protests, creating a movement. So to me, it's not a perfect storm. I call it imperfect storm. But for all this to happen, to now potentially lead to the Redskins finally change their name, it never make any sense to me. From a money perspective, which is Dan Snyder's big deal, he should he could have changed the name a long time ago. You know why? But that means your fans have to buy new apparel. I mean, you you hear Kobe change his number, how much money that generated? People are going to still follow the Redskins or whatever they call, which I heard they might be called the Red Tails, which would be amazing. I just, it's, it's about time. And it's weird that these advertisers and these business investors to the program or to the, to the, to the business of Washington Redskins are finally potentially pulling money away from them, which is forcing Dan Snyder to make a move. It's interesting that that's what it took for this to finally happen. Last thing is <laughs> Texas linebacker Overshaw sitting saying he's sitting out until there's real change. And this is one of the things that that made me think about the intentions and impact. Intention versus impact. Is this kid is really they laid out some of their I'm gonna say demands. It was demands some of some of the things they would like change at University of Texas. They had some, they had a list, they presented it, and now they think some things, there should be some action from the institution on this list. I talked about this a few weeks ago of what the list encompassed. Now this player is saying, I am not, com I'm not doing anything with off season, anything, Affiliate with the program until I see action. He is going out on a big limb. Because I haven't seen anybody follow him yet. Kudos to him for being different. Kudos to him for stepping out and feeling and saying what he felt. Because a lot of people just are too scared to do it for many reasons. But it's impressive that he is willing to stick his chest out. And do what he feels that's inside of him. That doesn't make the other players, his teammates, wrong for not following. 
It's just impressed that he's able to step out and say what he believes and believe what he says. Impressive. Kudos to Overshawn. Like I say, I'm, I'm not in his shoes. I'm not agreeing or disagreeing with him. I'm just saying it's impressive for him to step out like that. Period. All right, guys, I got, yeah, we'll do video today. I know I've ran on. I said I would go overtime. This is like always a long overtime. This is like that six overtime game. Oh, with Jerry Lorenz. Rest in peace, my big boy. I know this is the anniversary of his death. Man, I can't believe that came to me. This is like that six, this like the, the six overtime thing. I'm going extra long. That's it for me. I want to tell you guys, I have a YouTube channel. I'm going to put on a link today or tomorrow. If you want to watch the video, uh, a replay of this broadcast, well, you can follow me on YouTube and you can get the video or you can just listen to the podcast. I appreciate you guys watching, taking time out of your day to sit here and listen to me ramble. I hope you enjoyed the overtime. Happy 4th of July Eve. I hope you guys have a safe weekend, a safe holiday, and I will see you guys on Monday.